Okay, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Um, today, I have a camp friend on my Instagram live with me. Cam, you can say hi. Hey, guys, my name's Cam. I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> That's an important detail, I feel like, so y'all aren't thrown off by the accent. Yeah. Um, and today, we're just going to touch on, like, I guess, marriage, relationships, dating, and what that looks like from a biblical standpoint, and what it looks like to do that um, honoring Christ. So we didn't really, I, we probably should have game planned this. Do you want to, do you have like anything you want to start with that you feel like would be important? Uh, I've got like heaps of verses here that I was kind of like going to touch on. Mm-hmm. But no, I think it's good that we kind of make a plan because it's more like, real it's, it's very real <laughs> yes <laughs> i think like a good thing to start off with is like kind of like we should i don't really maybe should talk about what like the goals of like marriage is like what is like the purpose mm. of marriage i guess in the sense of like you know god's eyes maybe yeah okay yeah. do you okay i feel like i feel like one of the biggest goals is like can you serve the lord well together like, are y'all serving the kingdom better together than you would be apart? If not, yeah. then, like, it would probably be, be better to still be single, you know? Yeah. I think that's a big yeah. one. That, like, was literally the thing that my pastor's wife, who's basically, like, my Christian mom, she said to me, like, Cam, like, if, if you can take her hand and you're going to serve God better, and that's going to be a better thing for, for God, boom, take her hand, marry her. Mm-hmm. If you can serve God better without her, like, just don't even go near it. There's no point. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a big one. And also, like, if you can serve people well together, too, I think that's really important, too, is that it's, like, not a self-serving or self-centered relationship. It's one that's going to be able to bring life to other people as well. Yeah. And I think that's the, the ultimate thing about anything in our lives is, you know, as it says, what do you drink? What do you do to all for the glory of God? If we're not going to be able to glorify God in this relationship, in this marriage, there's no point even doing it, you know? Right, yeah. I think that's a good point. Also, this isn't, like, biblical, but I think it's important to marry someone that, like, you get along with. Like, mm. like attraction only goes so far, and, like, marrying somebody that, like, you genuinely enjoy being around and, like, are best friends with, and, like, that's such a simple concept, but I feel like a lot of people don't actually do it. And it's, like, what's that verse? Like, beauty fades but a woman of the Lord is to be praised or like charm is deceiving and beauty fades. It's like what your heart looks like and like who you are as a person matters so much more. And so. I love that verse in Matthew um, 12 where it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know? So whatever someone is saying, that's actually what's on their heart. So Mm -hmm. all you're going to look at is the the way they speak, the way they, they talk and how they look, you know? What they're saying is a reflection of their heart. So that's a really important thing. It doesn't matter how good they look. You know, it's about what their heart looks like. Because yeah. Because ultimately all what God sees, right? Mm-hmm. Like, God sees our heart. He knows our heart. So Yeah. Cool. I was actually listening to a podcast about that the other day because it was like, there are so many girls that feel like if I was skinnier, I would be loved. Or if I was prettier, I would be loved. And it was like, why are you chasing after those things when like, you don't want somebody to love you because of how you look. You want them to love you because of your heart. And so why are we spending more time, like, worrying about what we look like in the mirror than what our heart and, like, our soul and our minds are looking like? So Yeah. I, I mean, that's a huge thing, like, especially in, like, our generation for, like, just 
believers and non-believers as well. Like we are just searching for validation from other people. Like, (laughs) you know, I think with a lot of guys who are non-believers, you know, they go to the gym just to look big. (laughs) They're trying to look big. And I think there's nothing wrong with going to the gym. But as a Christian guy, like if you're focus for going to the gym is to look bigger for other people like that's not a good reason to go like you should be going to the gym to glorify god for your body and mm-hmm. to be stronger so you can you know when your kids do get stuck in the car you can lift the car off them, you know? like, <laughs> that's <laughs> such an extreme yeah that's true though but yeah i love like what you said in your video about like what even got started about this was the mm-hmm. fact that like it's such a big thing in america especially even like right now christians our age we are just looking for marriage like that's the thing and that's the thing that i kind of want to lead on next was like are we even ready to get married right yeah like, are we even ready so what do you like, my question is for you from like a a godly woman's point of view what are some things that you think a godly woman needs to have what needs to be like before they even look to get married um i feel like knowing what you want out of a relationship like knowing what you want it to bring to your life, knowing what you can bring to it too. I feel like there's so many times where like, it's like, okay, this is how this guy can serve me. Like he's, he has all of these good characteristics. Like he's good at this. He serves me well in this. He leads me well in this. But also I think it's so important to like be the person that you're looking for is looking for. Like to know that you are ready to know what you can bring to the table is really important. And I also think just like, I've heard it, I'm sure you've heard it said too, like so many of marriage problems aren't actually marriage problems. They're individual problems that were brought into the marriage. And so I think to know when you're really ready for it is just like to work through that previously, like before entering a relationship. It's like there are so many things that like people have to deal with that are just kind of your own to deal with and like to work through with the Lord and wrestle with him on. And it's not yours to put on somebody else or like have them try to shoulder it with you just because it does cause like contention that wouldn't really need to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I think what you said about like, you know, the Lord, like that's the thing. If we, if guys or girls, if they aren't fully like right with God, then why are we even looking to, to get married when we can't even serve our Lord? Yeah. How can we be able to serve our wife or husband? You know. Mm-hmm. And so like, that got me thinking when I was thinking about that before we doing this, what are some scriptures that talk about, you know, ways that we need to be doing that? And obviously the big one, you know, it's Ephesians 5, if we're talking about marriage, you know, when it says, you know, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And that's the thing, like in marriage, wives are called to submit to their husbands mm-hmm. and husbands are called to lay down their life just as Christ does. Yeah. So as a guy, I'm being told, okay, sweet, I need to love my wife so much, so I'm going to do the most is to lay down my life for her. Am I even doing that for God yet? Mm-hmm. And if not, why am I even thinking about marriage, you know? Yeah. Like, at all. And so that's the thing that I think, for guys, that's our thing we focus on. And for girls, like, submitting to God. Like, mm-hmm. for both guys and girls, that's such a tough thing. And so I think, like, I will have a complete different, completely different understanding of what it means compared to you. And so yeah. I guess... A question would be like, as from a female point of view, where do you find it hardest to do that to submit to God? I was gonna say this. I'll I'll answer that, but this is in my head. And I don't want to lose it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I feel like I'm gonna word this wrong, but I feel like 
like as a female, people have such a hard time understanding the concept of submission because it's seen as weakness when that's not what it is. It's like we're called to submit and to like lay down our life for the Lord and like pour yourself out for him and like to do the same for your husband, like to honor him and respect him and like allow him to lead you. And so many women, I think, see submission as a sign of weakness. And so they try to take control. But like God designed us to where like the men are supposed to be the leaders and the women are supposed to like be gentle and kind in spirit and like submit to their husbands. And so I just think the whole concept of submission has been like misinterpreted. And so I think that's been like, that's a hard thing for women to understand is like that submission shouldn't be seen as a bad thing. Exactly. Like we were at, when we were at camp with the oldest kids, um, always listening like at camp we go and do this bible study on the middle weekend and we talk about this whole idea of like how can a guy and a girl be serve each other um and do talk about relationships and dating and so one of my campers brought up this verse and talked about submitting and at the time it just straight away all the girls were like this so quick and defensive Mm -hmm. and my first thought like after processing that whole situation it happened a number of times at camp when we had this discussion is one all of us guys, even me at the time, I and I still don't, like, mm-hmm. I'm still so little understanding. I don't have enough knowledge about what it means to submit. Like, what does that word actually mean? Mm-hmm. Especially my campers who just even read this verse for the first time, and now they're telling these other girls that they don't know about it as well. Of course, it's going to cause arguments. So, like, one, the guys need to get a greater understanding of it. And then also, my first thought from the girls is they were so quick to, to anger mm-hmm. and so quick to get defensive. And obviously, like, that's not their fault because they haven't, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that, I'm like, man, like, how are we trying to have a discussion about God? And our first reaction is to come with anger and be like, no, you're yeah. wrong. Like, let's show each other some grace and realize, okay, uh, maybe we just all just need to, to learn a bit more. So since then, I, like, kind of tried to do a little bit more research and figure out what it actually meant. But obviously, no one is going to fully understand it because we're not God. But mm-hmm. I think we can pretty good get a pretty good idea of what it actually means to submit. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think also like the male should be somebody worthy submitting to like mm-hmm. no girls want to going to want to submit to somebody that like isn't deserving of honor and respect or like isn't able to lead well like if somebody can't lead you you're not going to want to submit to them because you want to lead you want to submit to somebody that's going to lead you like down the right path and somebody that's going to lead you closer to Christ yeah and so I think that's important too is like knowing who's the right person to actually lead you i think that's like there are so many verses that we could like go through about like being a godly man mm-hmm. or being a godly woman but the one that i really want to f- that like got me really thinking was in galatians five twenty four. i can't find it but it's just talking about dying to the flesh mm-hmm. like and how important that actually is and because i think so many of us are living a life where we are we haven't fully died to the flesh but we're seeking to get married to someone. Right. And I'm like, man, like, if we're looking to go get married, but we haven't fully submitted to God and given everything over to Him, when we get in our relationship, it's it's going to be hard. Like, it's going to be, like, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And I think, from a guy's perspective, I think this is, I think this is going to be a great thing to talk about, is, you know, sexual purity and that whole yeah. idea of, like, man, I need to keep my mind clean. And it, makes me also think of that Romans verse where it says, don't let another brother or sister stumble. 
And this was another topic that got brought up so much at camp about, you know, looking with lust and girls dressing in a certain way. And so the guys would bring it up and the girls, once again, were so quick to to get defensive. And then I remember, I think it was Anderson. Do you remember Anderson from camp? Yeah, she was so good and she explained it so well where she was like, guys, like, what are we meant to do as, as Christians? We mean to serve one another. We yeah. need to do everything we can to look out for males, look out for females, females look out for males. So what I kind of learned from the summer is realizing, like, I have to do everything I can to get my mind right mm-hmm. before I even tell another girl, like, hey, the way you're dressing is making me sin. Right, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even begin to say anything like that to another girl until I've got my mind right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so that comes down to, me as a male i have to diet to my flesh my fleshly desire to go look of lust to go you know do all those things that can lead me to sexual sin yeah before i even start to say hey you know the way that you're you're dressing as a sister in christ you know you should be building me up mm-hmm. you know and so i kind of want to hear like what's your kind of whole take on that i was gonna say also like on the girls side of things it's been i know like in my own life it's the more, the closer that I walk with the Lord, the less you want to dress like that, you know? And so it's like, growing up, I was like, well, I don't really see the problem in it. Like, I look good, I feel good, whatever. But it's like, as you get to know the Lord better and like, love him more and like, understand what it is to live a life with Christ and the joy that is found in that. It's like, I don't want to say that I'm a Christian and not live like it. Um, And so it's like, sure, the way you dress might seem kind of insignificant, but you're to do everything in your life with honor to the Lord. And like, that's such an easy way to honor the Lord is how you dress. And it's such an easy way to tell somebody's character too. I think is like, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a hard one. Cause like, it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you're dressing like that. And like, I'll yeah. still wear a crop top. Like it's not that, but it's like, I don't know. The more you know God and the more you love God, the more you want to honor him. And that's an easy way to do it. And I don't know, that is such a hard balance because the girls are always like, well, he shouldn't be looking at me like that. That's not my problem. But it's like, but you don't want to receive attention in that way or like you shouldn't want to. And if you do, then that's like shifting your own heart posture and like working on things in yourself and like growing closer to the Lord to where like that's not something that you want is like the male validation from showing more skin. And so... I think that's a big thing is like girls are always like, oh, he shouldn't look at me like that. And the guys are like, well, she's dressing like that. How am I not supposed to? And I think all of it's so good in marriage. Like, yeah, yeah. you want your husband to look at you like that whenever y'all are married. But like apart from that, it's not how it was supposed to be, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's meant to be a 50-50. You're meant to build each other up. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the church is going to build each other up. So you should always do everything you can to just be like, okay, I don't care about myself. I want to do everything I can to serve this other person. And yeah. that's exactly what Jesus did. And that goes back to the point we are talking about before where, you know, like, if we're not submitted to Jesus, how are we even ready to go, you know, into mm-hmm. marriage? So yeah. it's a hard one. Like, and I think, for me, like, it's something that I've struggled with so much in my life. Before I was a Christian, after I was a Christian, even this past week, there's been times where I've been battling that. And it's just made me feel just so so guilty straight away and I'm like thank you Lord for that guilt because I need that guilt to get that conviction to mm-hmm. be like okay I'll stop doing this yeah and the thing about that is like over this past week when I've I have struggled with it compared to you know 
past two months has come back. Mm-hmm. But the Lord has still been able to use me in all my sin and brokenness. And that's yeah. why I'm so happy that he can just help me overcome it. And I can't do it by myself. And that's the thing about it. You know, we can't do it without God, ultimately. But then also, if we have our brothers and sisters in Christ building each other up, it's just going to make it so, so, so much easier. Yeah. And so that, that gets me onto a thing about the whole culture, I think, in America is one of the things that was a bit of a, a culture shock to me about, like, man, the way that, you know, after football games, the default is to go to the club. And I was like, all right, like, wait, so we're all, because this is the thing, 90% of people in the South have probably grown up in the church, right? Would mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And so everybody knows this stuff, but why then are we still living this sinful life? Obviously, that's mm-hmm. not me judging me because obviously I know my own self, but... I've been trying to figure out a way of like, man, what's the best way to help people understand, especially in America, that we have to be different from the world. Like in Romans Romans 12, it says, therefore do no longer be conformed to the pattern world, but be transformed by the yeah. renewing of your mind. And the whole point of that verse is, so as it says in the next verse, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, mm-hmm. holy and acceptable without blemish. And far out, that... Yeah, as right now, as I'm speaking, is my life holy and acceptable to God? Am I presenting it as a living sacrifice? And that goes back to the Ephesians verse where, as a man, I am meant to serve my wife so much to sacrifice myself for her. Mm -hmm. And how can I go into marriage if I'm not even doing that with God? Yeah, yeah. And I think the whole thing of like so many Christians say that they're a Christian and then don't live like it. And that makes it so hard too because it's like, okay, so who actually is Christian then? Because you can say it and then not live like it. And who are we to be like, well, I don't know what their walk with the Lord is like or what their heart looks like. But it's like, actions speak. And so like, if you're not living like it, that says what it needs to say. And gosh, I wish I knew the verses. There's a verse that says like, I don't even want to say it because like it's going to sound weird out of context, but it's like saying that you do have the right to judge people that are in the church and like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's a verse that I know what you're talking about. And like call them higher and be like, okay, you say that you're a Christian and you say you love Jesus, but you're not living like it. And I see that in your life. And like that's kindness, honestly, to call them out on that because you don't want to see them go to hell, which is like the other yeah. option. You know, it's like how much would you have to hate somebody to literally let them go to hell? You know, yeah, I know it's Proverbs, it talks about, you know, iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. and uh there's another one that says like the not the attacks from your brother but like the what's the word I can't remember what the word is I know but it literally says that the rebukes from your brother uh, like it's a loving thing you know Mm -hmm. your brother's trying to build you up and lift you up you know and we should all be humble enough to accept that yeah I've been in Proverbs lately and there's so much in it on discipline and like Mm -hmm. wise people accept discipline like you want to be made better and I think that also could like be tied into dating too is like can they correct you kindly and because they want good things from you or like yeah. for you? Like if, or like if somebody's trying to call me higher and I am not willing to receive it, that says so much more about me than it does them. And like you want to be able to receive correction well and like give it well too, you know? Yeah. I can like relate to that so much. Like I think as a guy, like it's one of the hardest things to think about man, am I going to have to tell this girl 
to stop dressing a certain way? Am I going to have to tell her to stop posting a certain thing? Mm -hmm. I think that should never have to come out of a guy's mouth because a girl, a Christian, a, a woman of God... I don't, I don't believe should ever be in a situation where they have to be told that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're all sinners. We're all broken. So, obviously, there's going to be times where we're not going to be perfect. And so that might come up. But as a woman of God, we should be striving to never get to that point, you know? Yeah. And as a man of God, I should never be at a point where a woman has to say to me, don't tell me that because your mind should already be there, you know? Mm -hmm. So it should go both ways. But there was a time where I did have to... I was thinking, like, I was praying about it with this girl. I was like, am I going to have to say this? Like, Farah, the, the repercussions of this could be so, so bad if I do it. But I was praying about it. I'm like, if I want to pursue this woman to marriage, I'm going to have to bring this up. Right. Because, you know, and so I did. And I was so worried because the, the way she first took it was like, I thought, okay, this is it. It's done. <laughs> But she went away, she prayed about it, and she came back to me the next day and said, thank you, Cam, so much, like, for telling me this. Like, mm -hmm. I appreciate it so much. And so that was the perfect, the right response from her. And what made it even better is that she said to me, Cam, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that is it. Like, that is it. Like, you shouldn't, obviously, yep, you love your brother in Christ, you love your sister in Christ, mm -hmm. but you should be doing it for the glory of God. Right, yeah which is like anything that you should do would be for the glory of God. And like, I don't know, I think that's also a hard balance in like dating. It's like, is this bringing glory to the Lord? Like ultimately, if it's not, then what's the point? Like, exactly. why, why would you even continue doing it? So I don't know, I think that's a big thing. Um, I was gonna say something you said earlier, because literally this morning I was writing down, I was writing down like things that I deserve in a husband like not even things yeah. you want but like things that you deserve or like in a dating relationship like before marriage and one of the things was somebody who protects your purity not just because like that's what I want but because they fear the Lord and honor the Lord and like yeah. they also want that you know like you don't want to be with somebody that's like oh well like if if that's what you want then like that's fine like you want to be with somebody that's like no like we're in this together and we both want to bring honor to the Lord and we both understand that this is what he has called us to do. So exactly. I think that's a, like a big point. I think, yeah, I think it's such a good point. And I think the thing that a lot of Christians will sometimes forget is that if you have, you know, lost your prayer before, it can be washed away with the blood of Christ. Like that is the power of our God, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I was having this conversation to one of my kids at camp. He was like, he told me, he's like, dude, like, you just told me that I should never lose it. Like, it's so important, and I've done it. And I'm like, dude, if you go to God and you ask for forgiveness and you repent and actually believe in your heart, the blood of Jesus will wash away your sins. Mm -hmm. Like, it will wash away, and you can become clean again because we get his righteousness. We are not righteous, but we get his righteousness on us. Mm -hmm. And how, like, amazing is that? And so I think that's a, such a key thing for people to understand. Like, believer or non-believer, saved or not saved, that, you know, you're a new creation. Yeah. All those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. And that's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Such a good verse. Yeah. I understand that when we submit to God and ask for repentance, he gives us a new heart, new desires. And that's the thing about what you were going back to before about, you know, actions speak louder than words. I was about to bring up that verse about when Jesus says, you know them by their fruits. Mm -hmm. You know? 
And obviously, you can have someone that's saying they believe in God, but if they saying they're Christian, but they aren't bearing fruit, mm-hmm. like because I, I the, one of my verses that got me locked back into my faith was in John fifteen, where Jesus is talking about the vine. And honestly, it's a bit of a, a wake up verse. That I think a lot of people forget is I think it's in John four. Um, where it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. And then it goes on to verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them away to the fire, and they are burnt. Far out. Like, so if we, as followers of Jesus, are not bearing fruit, mm-hmm. like, we're going to be cast out. And so that goes back to one of the key attributes that any person should be looking for in a, in a relationship, guy or girl, are they bearing fruit? Where is your fruit? Because fruit is evidence of your faith in Jesus. Obviously, in James, it says, with, um, faith without works is dead. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so, so true. And so that was that's something that is so prevalent to me is like, you know, like what we were talking about before, when you, if, like, because this is the thing about, when I came back from camp and I was looking at all my friends that I just met in America and I just had this great time with all these Christians at this camp mm-hmm. and then I look at their social media mm-hmm. and straight away, like, I'll confess, like, I judged straight away. I was judgmental because it was a shock to me to see, and like, I shouldn't have judged, but the reality was, I was I'm looking at all these Christians that had been serving the Lord so well and so faithfully with yeah. all these kids over the summer, and then I see them out of the clubs, I see them posting cuss words on this door, I see them smoking, I see them doing all these things in this world, and I'm like, man, I, what what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this a different person? And so mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, and I still am trying to figure out, what is the best way to respond to that? How do I tell someone who is you know, bearing it, I don't want to say, not bearing a false witness, but, you know, like that, because imagine, the way I was thinking about it is, imagine your camper sees their counsellor out of the club, dressing in an unmodest way, having a drink in the hand, taking shots, and two weeks before, they got they got told, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, you got to follow Jesus too, mm-hmm. you know, and that just made me think about my life, and I'm like, Cam, look at you, look what you're doing. You're posting all this content about Jesus on your story, but then you're still going and sitting behind the door when no yeah. one knows about it, but God knows. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, in the Romans, uh, Romans, Romans 12, no. I think it was the first Corinthians, but there's no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? No one should be feeling condemned at all. But in the same way, we also need to just wake up and realize the influence we have on other people mm-hmm. and how important it is to... to take an inward look at ourselves and be like, man, am I reflecting Christ as best I am in my words, actions, and social media are so prevalent. Yeah. Especially, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you weren't to talk about Jesus and people were just looking at how you live, would they know that Jesus is part of your life? Like, if they were to just look at your social media or look at the way you talk to people or look at what you're doing on the weekends, like would they know that you love Christ and that you serve Christ or would they like be shocked to understand that part of you? 
Whereas like when you're in the camp environment, like obviously, you know, everybody's there to serve the Lord. And then you're shocked to see the other part of their lives. But it's like if I were to meet you outside and then and then like, would you know that they love Christ or not just by looking at how they live? And like that's been really convicting of me for me lately is like, okay, so I say I love Jesus. Do I live like it? Like if people were to be like, okay, I know Savannah as this, this, and this, do I know her as a Christ follower and like a sharer of the gospels and like she loves the Lord. And so it's like changing your actions and like, because you want to serve the Lord better and you want to know him more and you want to love him better, you know? So I think that is really important. I mean, that's so true. And that we, we can always tie this back into the whole thing when we're talking about marriage is like, we is, I think, I think this is probably going to be the key of what this conversation is. Am I right with God? Am I ready to get married? You know, because mm-hmm. if I'm not right with God, I'm not ready to get married. And I think that was one of the things that I kind of, you know, we talked about this before we went live about, before camp, I thought I was ready to get married. Yeah. I really did. Obviously, I was just so naive, <laughs> immature, naive man, trying yeah. to go off to America, thinking he's going to, you know. <laughs> but I, after looking back at my life and taking it, and look, I know that I am so far away from being married because one i still sometimes cannot die to my flesh i submit to my flesh and live in sin mm-hmm. sometimes i have to get over that first you know and then i have to look about okay how am i serving god and is there any room in my life for me to serve him better mm-hmm. if there is i should be running towards that 100 percent instead of trying to pursue you know a wife. Yeah. And the thing, the other thing that if we look at the world right now and the things that are going on in Israel, Palestine, far out, like we're in the end times. Like we 100% are. Mm-hmm. And if we're in the end times, that means Jesus is coming back soon. And so what is more important in my life right now? Yeah. Like reaching out and finding a wife and getting a family, man, that's a great thing. Yeah. But Jesus could come back. But that's not the ultimate thing. Yeah. That's so big. I was listening to something the other day. It was a podcast and they were talking about the end times. And um, the guy was, somebody asked him, they were like, if like, well, like, don't you want to see your daughters get married? And like, don't you want to walk them down the aisle? And he was like, yeah, I want those things. I want to do that, but not as much as I want to meet Jesus. Like, yeah. yeah, we want all these things, but meeting Jesus is the ultimate thing. So why would we not want that more? And, like, I think I'm so guilty of that in my own life is, like, yeah, I want to date somebody. I want to get married. I want to have children. And sometimes I think I place that over my desire to be with the Lord and, like, for Jesus to come back. And so it's, like, I don't honor that as much. And then it's, like, I think desiring marriage is, I mean, it is a godly desire. Like, 100%. 100%. But then, like, the second that it becomes an idol, then it's a sin. Yes. And so that's such a fine line to walk is, like, honoring it and like praying for it and like doing what God has called us to do to prepare for marriage and then like placing it above our love for him, you know? And so I think that was really big. Cause I've like, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the end times. I just never really have. And lately I have been, I'm like, th- like heaven meeting earth should be so much more important to me than finding a husband. Like that's so much more ultimate you know? Exactly. And that comes down to what's our purpose in life. Know God and make God known. Mm-hmm. Like we are told the last thing Jesus told us to do as disciples is to go out and make disciples. 
Like that's it. Like we need to go out and make disciples, and that goes back to bearing fruit. And yeah. So if we're more worried about finding a wife before Jesus comes back or finding a husband before Jesus comes back, instead of turning around to my next door neighbor who isn't walking with the Lord mm-hmm. and going and talking to them, we have got our head in the wrong spot. And I love what you said about idols. Like, because anything that comes before God is an idol. Yeah. And something that no, a lot of people actually forget and don't understand is that, all right, I have a lot of stuff in my life that I'm putting before God. Mm-hmm. And like I said, about the end times, like, after talking to a lot of people in the States that I've met, not many people are talking about it. Yeah. Like, not many people are. And obviously, you know, we could sit down here for five hours and talk about rapture, the second yeah. coming and all that. But at the end of the day, what matters is that we need to be living our lives like he's coming back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important. And obviously, that's so hard. But in an environment where we are looking to, especially as young people, talking about dating and marriage, mm-hmm. we need to make sure we have our priorities in the right spot. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And also, I think... I don't know, I'm not going to speak for God because I don't know what <laughs> what he's doing, but like, I don't think he's going to give someone a life partner until they're ready for it. And so it is like becoming right with him and serving yeah. him well until you are ready for it. And like, it says in the Bible, like sometimes like being single is the best thing that you can be because yes. it is the only time when you are fully devoted yeah. to the Lord and like you have nobody else to serve, nobody else to worry about. I mean, like, serving God's people, yeah. But, like, you're not all consumed with, like, the pressure of being involved with somebody else. Whereas, like, then you start dating and then you get married and then you have children and you have all of these other people that your attention is divided between. Whereas right now, like, our attention can solely be focused on the Lord, which is really important, too, because I think a lot of times, like, I hear people say this so many times, is, like, singleness is a waiting season. No, it is not. Like, it 100% is not. Like, you are not... I'm not just spending my days waiting around for a boyfriend or a husband. Like you spend your days serving the Lord and loving God and loving his people and serving at church and like doing all that you can for the kingdom. You're not just waiting for a husband. That would be such an empty life. And like, that's not the end goal either. The end goal is to love God and love people well. And so I don't know. I hate it when people say it's a waiting season because I'm like, I'm not waiting for anything. You know, and that's the thing that I think that the idea of marriage in our like, lifetime has just been so twisted to this whole idea of like, yep, the female can just do everything at home, and the husband's going to go out and work. And I'm like, no, that's that's not what it is. And so I was, I was in a Bible study with someone, and she was asking me about this, and she was like, I don't understand it, like I don't, and I I, I didn't really know how to explain to her that like this is not what. You know, as a female, you are not called to stay home and cook and clean mm-hmm. and look after kids. That's not what you're called to. If we look at what the Bible says, every there are very few times in the Bible where God talks to just a male and just a female. Majority of the time, it literally is just referring to people, humans, followers of Jesus. This is how you are called to act. And we are called to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, go out, and serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's in so many different ways. And the beauty about it, what I think is that God has created man and woman different. Yeah. So that we can serve God differently in different ways. But when we come together as one, we're going to serve him better. And obviously that's going to look differently in the home for a man and woman. But it doesn't necessarily just look like 
the woman stays home every single day and the man goes out at another job because both things are like there's nothing wrong with that if that's how it is mm-hmm. but both people are equally serving like i was listening to a i watched a video the other day where someone asked this guy is like well when i get married am i going to have a shared bank account and he's like what does the bible say and what the Bible says is you become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so if it's an issue for you to have a shared bank account with your husband or wife, then you probably shouldn't be dating that person because you become one. You, yeah. Everything is together. You make decisions together. Mm-hmm. And the part that I love about what I'm saying is if you make a decision and your decision is you think you have more votes because you earn more money, like that is not a man of God. Mm-hmm. Like if he's more money than you and, you and he thinks he has more votes, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because it's a partnership. Like, y'all are working together. And also, men and women were designed with such different sets of qualities and such different, like, our brains are literally wired differently because we're supposed to come together. So it's like, yeah, the men are going to be stronger and, like, the providers or whatever, and the women are going to submit and be the caretakers and the nurturers, like, naturally, just because that's how we were designed. Like, we were designed to come together as a team and members of a team have different tri- like things that they bring to the team. So exactly. Well, I, well, I generally could not care less if my wife wants to go out and, and be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like that's great. Like I would love for you to do that. But if we end up having children, I know you are going to be able to serve these children better than mm-hmm. I am in the early stages of their life. So I would hope that you would want to be home and be there for them because you are literally designed by God. And how much of a blessing is that? Mm-hmm. That you have been designed to be able to bring forth life into this world and nurture it in a way that a man will never be able to compare with. Yeah. You know? Like there's nothing, I think, nothing more beautiful than like, just seeing a little baby just run into his mum's arms. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been so blessed to be able to, because um, my parents divorced when I was six, and both of them have found new partners, and I have three half-siblings, one little sister at my mum's house, and then a little sister and little brother at my dad's house. And I've been able to see the differences, because my stepdad stayed home okay. with my little sister, and my stepmom stayed home and lived with my little brother. Now, I'll be honest, my little sister is probably more well behaved than my little <laughs> brother but that has nothing to do with because it was a dad or because it was a guy or mm-hmm. a girl it's because of the way that he, she was nurtured and cared for mm-hmm. but honestly I think that it would have been better for my mum to be home at that time because I see things in my little brother that I don't see in my little sister just because she didn't have her mum there more than she did and honestly I'm not saying that every single time you have to have you know that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. The Bible just says, look, women are designed in a much more suitable way for this. Yeah. That's a blessing. Like, that's yeah. not a bad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very godly thing, like, to understand the different characteristics that we have. And I think, I don't know if this is, like, right to say or not, but I feel like, like, the whole feminism movement has so misconstrued that because exactly. it's, like, taken away from the fact that women were literally just, des- like, not only designed to be nurturers but we were designed with nurturing qualities and like to be submissive and like I don't know I just think that's like really it's like shown all of that is like lesser than which it's not it's not lesser than and it's not better than it's just different 
And so it's not really comparable to a man. And so like the whole comparing it is when it gets all muddy and confusing and then people are unhappy and feel like that they're being treated wrongly, which you're not, you were literally designed to be different people. So that's how I feel about that. (laughs) In the verse where it talks about there's neither no Jew nor Gentile nor male or female, so many people will take that and be like, oh, you know, I can be non-binary or <laughs> yeah. like that. But no, that's just saying that we're, we're all one in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all one. We're all equal now in Christ. Doesn't mean we're going to have different responsibilities, but we're all the one and same. And I love that idea of that, man, if you're going to sit there and judge somebody, you have to remember that Christ died for them too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Christ literally died for that person. Here you are sitting and putting yourself on this pedestal and, putting them down mm-hmm. and so that goes back to if you're looking to get into that relationship and start dating you need to find someone that isn't going to be like that yeah you have to find someone that is looking at everyone with that love and i think i'm guilty of that in the past i fell into this especially when i first came to camp in those first two weeks and people at camp w- would have probably been thinking this and were probably too scared to say it to me mm-hmm. but i was pretty self-righteous and judgmental and I was like far out how are these people you know living these lives because I, I just never talked to this, that many Americans that have grown up in the church yeah but weren't living out their faith and so I had to learn relearn humility mm-hmm. over some, I had to relearn how to be like far out can you can't preach the gospel to a you know a 16 year old kid in New Zealand the same way you can to a 16 like a 19 year old girl in America that's known, that's gone to church her whole life, but just isn't yeah. working with the Lord now. It's going to be different. And so I've kind of, that's the thing I loved about camp is I was able to read, I was able to learn how to just to witness to people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like there was one example with this one other instructor specialist that at the time I was probably just a bit too like truthful mm-hmm. about the things, you know, because she, she wasn't even a Christian at all, but I was just so truthful with her which is right. We have to be truthful, mm-hmm. but if we're not showing as much grace, yeah, that's just gonna fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Jesus was. Jesus yeah. was the perfect balance of being truthful and being graceful. Yeah, and so that's how we as Christians should be living our lives. Like, if we have a friend that's living in sin, the loving thing to do is to tell them about it mm-hmm. and help them through. The non-loving thing to do would be to just be like, "Oh, I don't want to." you know, cause any arguments or I'm just going to leave them to, no, yeah. like far out. Like that is literally, the, and that's the same with preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you were, if you were sitting next to a stranger and you have no idea if they're a Christian or not, you could be the only person that they meet. Right. Like, like you were talking about before, you could be the only Bible yeah. someone ever read just by looking at social media. And if you don't have the, the boldness to go be like, man, like, do you know the Lord? Mm-hmm. And just, Obviously, that's you can evangelize in so many different ways. Right. <laughs> just have that confidence to be like, man, I care about you so much that I don't want you to see you go to hell, you know? And it's a tough thing. Like, it's a tough thing, especially, I think, in America right now, because the, the fact is there's more missionaries going into America than out. Like, how crazy is that? That that's where America has gone to. Yeah. And that's also why I want to come back so much. I want to come back to America because the harvest is so plentiful, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, This is, like, kind of going back to one of the first things you said. But, like, like, it's so easy to look at people and be like, okay, why are you doing this? 
like, yeah. why are you living like this? And at my church, what um, my pastor would always say is like, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. And like, that's so real for literally all of us. Like, yeah, Jesus loves us all and we're all his favorite. And so like, it's so easy to forget that. Like, I believe that about myself. I'm like, yeah, like Jesus loves me and I'm his favorite. But then like, I have to stop and be like, yeah, but he is the same way with everybody else. And I need to honor them and love them like the same way that he would. And like, yeah. honestly, if they are living in sin, like to come to them with like grace and humility and truthfulness, like, um, it's like, um, like a compliment sandwich, you know, whenever like, like, Oh, you look so good today. Maybe you should change your shirt, but you're so nice. Like that be like, honestly, like you're one of my favorite people and I honor you and I love you. You're, I see this in your life and I think that it could be changed but I really appreciate who you are in my life and I want you as a friend yeah. and I want to see goodness in your life. Like there exactly. are like kind ways to bring correction, I think. Yeah, and when we're in a dating relationship or in a marriage situation, obviously if you're in a marriage and someone comes up with a thing, like obviously both of us aren't married, so we yeah. have <laughs> a pretty good idea of what the Bible says, how we should do it, and it's humility. Mm -hmm. It's complete humility, especially when we date, like in dating, because obviously both of us have been in, and such as we've dated or been dating, you know, and like we talked about before we start this about that situation is like, man, how can I judge this person right now when I'm still living in my sin? Like, right. I'll, I will always go back to that because it's so prevalent. The fact that we are all just so broken. Yeah. And that what how our first response is love. Mm -hmm. We have to love them first. Yeah. And show them forgiveness. Like that is the key. And mm -hmm. then we have to come in with the, hey, look, like, I love you so much that I care about you. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want you to be living this life because God has not called you to do that. Right. Yeah. God, like, we get his righteousness when we, when we come into him. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's a tough thing, though. Like, in a relationship, to be like, man, we're, like, what do I do? And so right. I think that could be a cool thing to talk about. It's like, what are some things... I guess, red flags, as okay. you say, that wouldn't even, like, you'd be like, no, not even going there. So, for a girl, what is one thing in a guy, as a Christian guy, that you see is like, no, nah, I cannot, you shouldn't even go there? Okay, this is a new one for me, but I, I, like, have learned how important it is, is that leaders remove confusion. And mm. I think that's a really big one that like, especially in dating relationships that girls just kind of like, don't really care about. And like, I know I haven't in the past is like, I'll be confused about where it's going or how they feel about me. And it's like, no, like leaders remove confusion and provide clarity. And so I think that somebody who doesn't lead well is a big red flag. Like, yeah, uh, that's so true. And I think as a, as a male, that is a godly man, you should be able to lead because that's how we are called to be. And leadership is the thing that I learned over the summer. It doesn't mean standing up the front and being the loudest voice. That mm -hmm. is not what a leader is. That may be an element of leadership for someone, but leadership should be able to, you should be able to lead from the front, from the middle, and from the back. Yeah. And I, my whole life, I've been able to lead from the front so well. Like, I'm so thankful and give all glory to God that he's been able to give me those qualities growing mm -hmm. up, you know, being in leadership roles in basketball or if it's in school, whatever it is, I've always found it quite easily to get up the front of a group of people and, and lead them. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I've learned over these past years is going into my faith has been like, man, it is just as important to lead from the back 
And that's just leading by example in your yeah. actions and being able to be like, I don't, I'm not going to be the one at the front that's saying what to do. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. All it. So a godly man should just be acting like Christ regardless, and that's the way they're going to lead. Yeah. And even because like... It's such, bro, that's such a good thing that Christian women need to be looking out for. Yeah. And even like sometimes leading is holding your tongue. Like if you know that you're angry and what you're saying isn't going to bring life or like bring something good to the situation, then yeah, like leading well is holding your tongue and like being silent. That's got that from the book I'm reading today, guys. Shout out Redeeming Love. Good book. I think everybody should read it. Um, Anyway, so to flip that onto you then, what would be like a red flag that you would see in a Christian woman as like, okay, you're probably not suitable for a dating relationship. Yeah. This, obviously, this is in no particular order because I don't think you can put one thing at the top. Obviously, right. one thing at the top is, are they following God? Like, are they following Jesus? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of pretty broad. I would say for me, one that I always think to the most is, what are they feeding themselves? What yeah. are the things that are influencing their life? That's good. And I think one of the most important things is the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because obviously, you don't have to go to church to be saved. Right. Because what's more important to me is what are you doing outside of church so one of my rules that one of my best friends taught me is no bible no breakfast i don't eat my breakfast unless i read my bible really i'm not saying everybody has to do that as a christian but for me that's just helped me so much as just to to know the word so if i look if i'm looking for a partner to pursue a marriage are they in the word of god are they is, is that's what's lit, is influencing them or are they getting influenced by worldly things you mm-hmm. know i think that's a really big one for me and like who they surround themselves with i think can also play into yeah. that like do they have a good church community do they have a good yeah. like group of women around them that are wise like there are so many things where i need wise counsel and like i look at the people around me for it because i'm like y'all are people whose advice i trust and i like think it's good and it's godly and so I do like care to hear what y'all have to say but if you're not surrounding yourself with godly people then who are you going to turn to for support and for advice man I think that's Proverbs that's a proverb right there you just spoke I think it's Proverbs 20 verse 13 I think it says where is it come on Cam 2018 I can't, I can't find it. Plans, it. plans are established by seeking advice, so if you wage war, obtain guidance. I don't think, it's definitely about like wise, if you surround yourself with wise people, you'll become wise. Mm-hmm. And the company of evil is the road to like, see something like that. I think it might be Proverbs 21, or, eight, or it might be 18, 20. Wait, I've got one. I've got one. I don't think it's what you're saying, but um, Proverbs 15, 22 says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so I wrote in my Bible next to that, I was like, I'm so thankful to have wise counsel in my life because I want my plans to succeed and I want people to speak life into me and to want the same things for my life that I want. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so true. And I think that's the thing where I looked to, when I got to America, I was so shocked because I found out all my council friends were in all these frats and stuff. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I've because all I know, like, listen, before I came to America, all I saw was movies and like, yeah, that's just the majority of what I knew. And so I, I kind of had a good understanding of what the frat culture is like. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can 
be in a frat and be a great woman, man of God or be in a sorority and a brave woman of God, but if it's leading you away from the Lord, if that's, that's the reason that's in your sin, you need to remove that from your life. You know? mm-hmm. And so if you're in a frat, you need to be surrounded by other Christians. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a great idea to be in a frat by yourself when you're the only Christian. Same for sorority. Yeah. If you're a sorority and you're the only Christian there, like that's going to be very hard. Not saying it's impossible. It's just going to be tough. So community, mm-hmm. like you said, is so important. Yeah. So, so important. It's like that thing. It's like, show me, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are or whatever. It's like you are, you become who you're around. And so you want to be around good people. So I think that's a big thing too, is like when you're looking for a partner, it's like looking at who they surround themselves with or also like how they interact with people too. Like as a, like as a female, you don't want a guy that's only kind to you. Like you want him to be kind to like other people in his life, to other women like to other men like you just want him to be kind you don't want you don't, you know like when girls are like yeah. he's so mean to everybody but he's nice to me like that's not what you want you want him to be nice to everyone and so i think that's a big one too yeah and then in like proverbs 21 9 in my version it says better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than a house shared with a conscientious wife contentious wife woman and other translations that translates to like quarrelsome wife. Quarrelsome wife, that's what mine says. Yeah, but better to dwell in the corner of a house top than share a house with a quarrelsome woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes both ways because obviously men are quarrelsome as well. Yeah. But that goes back to, okay, before I get married, am I living a life where I quarrel with people? Do I argue? Do I gossip? Yeah. And if I do, how can I therefore start to pursue marriage or start to date someone if I'm still living in that sin? Mm-hmm. You know? And that was a thing that oh, man, I struggle so much still gossiping. It's, everybody struggles with it, but we don't have to. Like, yeah. can, that's another thing that Jesus can set us free from mm-hmm. if we just submit to him. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think also, um, where is it? Proverbs seventeen twenty eight says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. And so it's also like, going back to like sometimes the biggest thing you can do is literally just be silent like only speak if it brings life and sometimes the best thing you can do is hold your tongue and so that also goes back to like not being quarrelsome and just like honoring people and being kind to people you know yeah exactly and there there are so many great verses about like holding our tongue and being Mm -hmm. slow to quick to listen slow to speak slow to anger and I think in a relationship, dating, marriage, whatever it is, that's so important to just be able to sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because that is how our relationship should be with God. And that is such a forgotten thing, I think, in this day. If we look back to the Old Testament, the amount of times where people just go and wait for the Lord and just cry out to him, like, man, the Psalms of David, is he cries out so much to God. And it's like, this is what I'll, how I'll explain it to my boys at camp. I'll be like, man, imagine you've got this friend that's just moved away and you're only talking on the phone. One day you, you ask him for something, hang up the phone, call him back a week later, ask for something again, hang up, don't talk to him for another month, pick up the phone again, be like, hey, man, this is what's going on. And then two years go by and all you've done is ask for things and tell him what's going on. Yep, those are great. The Bible tells us to do that with God, but the Bible also tells us that we need to listen to him. Mm-hmm ask like what do you want in this situation and that's the thing that i didn't really understand until recently is like the importance of just 
waiting on the Lord mm-hmm. and just listening and spending time in prayer. And that's that what's got me convicted about my screen time. Like, yeah. my screen time was so bad. Yeah. Sweet, I can spend an hour scrolling on reels a day. Am I giving an hour to God? Yeah. Probably not. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's, that's another one. That's another red flag about, I think. What? Screen time? Yeah, and how much time someone's giving to the Lord, you know? Like, mm. what, are you, what are you spending your day doing? Are you spending your day going out and serving yourself, or are you trying to do things tan to glorify God? Yeah, that's true. Um, I was going to say, like, the first thing you're saying is about listening to the Lord is, like, the Lord speaks in a still small voice. And so it's like, yeah. you actually do have to listen. Like, it's not going to be, like, blatant and obvious because he does speak quietly. And also, like, I was talking to my, one of my friends one time, and I was like, I just, like, feel like I haven't heard the Lord speak to me lately. And I'm, like, trying to listen. And she was like, well, what's the first thing you do whenever you're done reading your Bible or you're done praying? And she was like, I don't even have to wait for an answer. I guarantee you it's pick up your phone. And she was like, do you even sit there and like try to wait for the Lord to speak to you? And I was like, that's good. Like, I mean, I'm like, oh, done with my time with God. Like now I'm going to move on to the next thing. Like, oh, I've got a busy day today. Like got to keep it going, keep it moving. But it's like, no, literally be still and like, listen, like he, he does speak, but are you listening? And so I think that's a big thing too. But yeah, um, how much time somebody spends with the Lord or not even like how much time, but like if they do at all is so important. Like you want somebody who's being fed into by the word and by the gospel because like that's the the best way to live, you know? And so it's like if yeah. they're not even reading the Bible, then what are they getting from God? And I think yeah. I think it's so easy to forget that like that's such an easy way for God to speak to us. Like it is literally his words. Like the works of Jesus and like the word of God. And like, why would we not read it? Like there's so many other things that we feed our minds with, but like, this is literally the truth. So. I think like that is such a great question to ask someone when you're even getting to the topic, like what's the number one thing you'd want to do with me? Man, if a woman said, I want to go read the Bible with you. <laughs> like that's happened in the past like you know like over the, yeah. when I was in America like I was able to do that and far out it was the best thing ever you mm-hmm. know why wouldn't you ever want to just sit down and read the bible with you know if, that, if yeah. your end goal was marriage like why else would you want anything else that's mm-hmm. the other thing I look for like man if I'm searching for a wife are they gonna want to go out on a Saturday night before church and go to a club or would they rather stay home and read their Bible or watch some YouTube videos about the Word of God or, you know, even go spend time with other people to encourage yeah. them and build them up? You know, what are we prioritizing? That's such a thing we need. What are we to. prioritizing is good. I know some people who are like, well, I'm just too busy to do that. I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy for life group this week. And, like, I get being busy. Like, I understand it. But you make time for the things that are important to you. Or even, like, I'm too busy for a relationship like, then it's not important to you. It's not something you want, which is fine, but you make time for what's important to you. And so, like, if that's something that you want in your life, if you want to be close to God, then you would spend more time with him. Like, you can't have a relationship with somebody without spending any time with them. So how do we expect to have a relationship with God without without praying, without reading the Bible? Like, it doesn't make sense. It wouldn't be possible. Exactly. Because the more, like... I love the movie Catch Me If You Can and where the you know, the whole idea of that movie is this guy's faking chicks 
And at the end, like, he talks about why would you ever study all the fake chicks and you just study the real ones so that you know all the things that are wrong. And it's mm-hmm. the same with the word of God. If all we're reading is the word of God, then when these thoughts come into our head that are from the devil, we are going to know that that's not from God, mm-hmm. you know? And that was, that's the same thing with, you know, our thoughts when we're judging someone. Like, sometimes we might need to tell someone a righteous thing and be like, hey, you're doing this wrong. But if it's not, you know, with God, we should be able to discern that just because we've been spending enough time with the word and being able to realize that. And so that was me. Like, I was at, like, when I first started seeing all these things online, I was so quick to judge. But then I realized, like, Cam, like, what are we called to do? Right. We're called to, to love. And that's because... I've been reading my Bible that morning and remembered that verse. Mm-hmm. And like that's not me trying to be like, hey, look at me, I'm reading my Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like, me trying to encourage you, like people and be like, hey, like it works. Reading the Bible yeah. works and makes you know what God is speaking and how God's character is. All you can do is just pick it up and read it. Right. Yeah. Um, in in redeeming love right now, he, he like literally sits there and reads the Bible like it's a book like sits there and just like reads it out loud to her and I was like that is the most beautiful thing like if somebody were to like sit down and just like read the Bible out loud like like it's a pastime like that is so cool I think um and also going back to what you're saying about just like what you feed yourself with like for me lately I haven't been listening I love country music and I haven't been listening to country music at all lately I'm so happy we talked about this because I wanted to bring it up yeah here it is and like it's so easy to be like, well, it's not rap. It's not cussing. Like, it's not that bad. But it's like, every time I listen to it, it's another love song. It's another breakup song. It's another song about yeah. sex. And like, the more I listen to it, I'm like, oh, like, that sounds so great. Like a good relationship, whatever. And then I get all in my head. I'm like, well, I don't have that. And then I'm upset. And like, that's such an easy spiral to stop. Like, don't yeah. listen to it. And so I've literally been listening to worship music and podcasts, and that's it. And it has yeah. been, like, actually, I see such a difference in my heart. Like, I'm not as moved by, like, the emotion of what I don't have. I'm just focused on worshiping the Lord, which is yeah. so cool. And it's, I mean, it is really easy to be like, okay, well, it's country music. Like, it can't be that bad. But it's like, if I'm seeing my heart affected by it, then why wouldn't I just yeah. cut it out? So. Yeah. Because like obviously for me, from New Zealand, we don't have, we kind of have country music here, but not really. So when I came and I started hearing this country music, man, I fell in love with it. This stuff is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I started listening to the lyrics and I'm like, what the heck am I listening to? Yeah. Obviously, if there is some country music out there, that's great. Like, yeah. It's got some great lyrics. But like, Zach Bryan, man, oh, he's huge. He's awesome. But... We as Christians and followers of Jesus need to take a deeper look and be like, okay, what is he talking about? What, you know, like, does this song have cussing in it? Yeah. If it's got cussing in it, there is no way that I should be listening to it because do you really think if you were sitting there with Jesus, you would play a song with cussing in it? That's true. Yeah. And Jesus is always with us, so Mm -hmm. we have to glorify him in all that we do. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that when I got back, back home, I was like, man, I need to remove some of these songs. And I was thinking like, wait, there's Christian music for everything. And so I found all these Christian country songs so I can still listen to it, but yeah. there's nothing better than worship. Like, yeah. There's nothing better than it. Like, yeah. Why would you want to listen to anything else? Mm-hmm. I was um, reading a book the other day. It's called Love, Sex, and Dating. I recommend it to anybody. It was so good. But one of the things was talking to men, and it was like, if the songs you're listening to are constantly calling women 
like yeah. derogatory terms, like literally go to your library and delete it. Like you don't need to be listening to that. Yeah. And whenever you're putting in your head, calling women those things, then you start to see them as that. And that is not okay. And so like, it's such a little thing. It's like, oh, my music doesn't really influence me that much. Yes, it does. So I think that's yeah. such a big one. It's, yeah, it's crazy. That's one of the biggest things that I'm going to be, I was talking to someone at camp, one of the assistant directors about this before I left. And I'm like, I said to him, like, dude, if I end up coming back here next year at camp and we're still playing this worldly music in the jail that like, mm. is just not, shouldn't be going to the ears of my campers. I'm going to take them outside and we're going to eat food outside and I'm going to get a speaker and put on some stuff yeah. that's glorifying God. And that isn't me saying, I know what's right. That's me saying, I know what the word of God says and I know that we need to be filling our minds with stuff better than that stuff. That's all about, you know, like Taylor Swift, for example. Man, yes, some of her old songs are great. Like, you know, yeah. love story. But still, like, we have to think about Man, do we have? Are we getting these campers up in, in the chapel and they're belting their hearts out to "Love Story" by Taylor Swift, and then an hour later we go to worship and they can't even give the same effort to a song about their Lord and Savior? Like, That's true. We have to think about that for a second. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the part about Taylor Swift now has posted a music video about her, her dressing up to the devil. Like, oh really? Oh my like, gosh, I didn't even know that. And not many people know that. But yeah. My view on it is this, right? Don't throw the bathwater, uh, don't throw the baby out for bathwater. Just because someone has now made a bad thing doesn't mean you can you remove everything they do. For example, Hillsong. Like, Hillsong worship nowadays, some of their theology isn't biblical. Mm -hmm. that, doesn't, that doesn't mean we don't listen to any Hillsong because back in the 80s and 90s, they had some of those amazing worship music. Like, we still sing it at our church, but some of their newer stuff, like, just isn't theologically correct. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, we shouldn't listen to it. For example, Taylor Swift. Like, she, her most recent video on YouTube, she literally is dressed up as the devil, far out, demonic. We shouldn't listen to that. But, like, I know next year at camp, they're still going to play Love Story by Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. And, you think we could go a day without hearing like, that? okay i'm not gonna throw the baby out of the bathwater even though there's some bad stuff about her that's way back and a lot of people will with kanye west for example kanye west man like some of the recent stuff that's been coming out from his end hasn't been the greatest you know all the anti-semitic stuff like completely condemn all that but he has made in the past some great music that glorifies god just because right now he is doing this bad stuff doesn't mean you don't come to that stuff same thing with, you know, Zach Bryant. Like, I could go on and on and on and yeah. on and on. But we just have to be aware of, like, what music are we listening to right now? Is this music glorifying God? Is it going to make me be able to serve God better? Is it going to fill my mind with good stuff? That's what we got to be thinking about, I think. Yeah, I think that's big. And I think it's, like, people just don't really think about that. Like, I know I hadn't before. Like, I'll sing whatever. Like, I like this song. I'm going to listen to it. But then lately I've, like, noticed my emotions changing. I'm like, okay, that's... Yeah stupid like I don't want to give in to that and like that's just such an easy one to change too or even like who you're choosing to follow on social media like if you were to scroll through somebody's yeah. social media following you can learn so much about a person like the celebrity accounts that they follow or like yeah. you can learn so much about somebody or like I don't know social media just in general is a big one like if we're talking about red flags still like looking at someone's yeah. social media you can pick out a red flag really quickly on there 
yeah, like that was the other thing we were talking about before. When I came back and saw all these counselors and the stuff they're posting, like, like I hope that everybody here right now listening to us isn't taking this as me just sitting here and judging <laughs> all these people. Yeah. Like, seriously, this is me trying to build people up and encourage people to be mm-hmm. like, hey, don't worry, I'm a sinner too, you're a sinner, we're yeah. all sinners, but we can all step up, we can always be better. So, for example, there's this one person that I see, and they keep on reposting stuff about Harry Styles. And I'm like, okay, let's go look at Harry Styles right now, and what is he, what's his worldview, what's he proclaiming? Okay, yes, yeah, sweet, he's talking about love, all the stuff is great, but the love he's talking about isn't the love that's biblical. Because biblical love is Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry, Harry Styles is not a follower of Jesus Christ, from what we know. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, we should know them by their fruits. And his fruits aren't showing that he's a follower of Christ. So why, therefore, are we now posting his content and being like, man, this is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could sit here and talk about all these celebrities and stuff. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it comes back to, is this glorifying God? Is yeah. this person glorifying God right now? Like, you know? Yeah. Okay, so... Now we've touched on red flags a little bit. What about like green flags? Because I know the other night I was at dinner with my roommates and I mean, we're a bunch of girls. So we were like, let's talk about like our dream guy. And I was like, sick guys, like I've got this in the bag. And so like I gave my whole list or whatever. And they were like, that's great, Savannah. I loved hearing about his characteristics, but like, what would he look like? And I was like, I didn't even think about that mattering. Like I have like this entire list of like, these personality traits, like, these characteristics, like, and all of it's, like, so biblical, like, like, we're saying the fruits of the spirit, like, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, like, okay, perfect, bam, husband, like, you know, so what about, what are some green flags we've got going on? I think for me, a green flag would be, like, we talk about prioritizing things, Mm -hmm. do they prioritize, you know, God first, Mm -hmm. are they going to church regularly, and putting off things so they can continue at church. And after church, I think so thing is so important. Are they involved in a small group as in their church? Like a small mm. group, like a life group, youth group, which I think is so a big thing. And after that, my third thing would be discipleship. Are they actively discipling someone and being mm. discipled by someone? Because I think both of those two things are equally as important, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we need to be, we're called to be discipling people, but also the Bible tells us that we need to be learning and yeah. learning more about God. So being able to disciple someone and being discipled, which is a thing that I still am searching for. I, I have so many mentors in my life, mm-hmm. but I still have and yet to find one, like, true mentor that is my mentor. So for me, that's the thing that I'm praying about. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, green flag for me definitely is, are they prioritizing God in church like things around church that's good I think that's really good I think what's the first one you kind of think of the first one I think of I think is loves Jesus more than loves me like that is what you want in somebody ultimately because like how are they going to love you well when they don't even love the Lord like at the top of their life I think that's just such a big one also just like I keep going back to it but somebody who leads well like leading like you want somebody who leads you in the right direction like so that goes also back to like being equally yoked. I think we don't think about that often enough either. And I think I haven't thought about that in past relationships too, where it's like, okay, but like he could get there. Like, uh, we're kind of close. Like he's going to get there someday. Like maybe he will, but you don't want to be with somebody that's dragging you down and you want to 
you want to be able to move forward together at the same pace or else one of you is being hindered and like you don't want that either how are you going to serve well if you're not at the fullest of your ability or like at where you are at with the lord you know like are you falling in love with him now or are you falling in love with what they potentially could come to be you know, mm-hmm. such a big one. Yeah, because you can't date potential. Like, okay, you can't, you can't have this idea of like, yeah, I can make them into this Christian person. Yeah. No. You yeah. Have to, sometimes it might have to take you guys sitting down and saying, hey, look, I think right now we aren't equally yoked. We need to step away, have some space for him to grow. And then you never know the Lord, if that's his will, he could bring it back together in his time. But you just have to get it over to him. But first mm-hmm. of all, you have to literally be like, yep. We're not equally yoked. And so sometimes it might be the fact that you might get into a relationship first and then you have to have that talk. Yeah. But I, I think it should be even more important that you never even just get into a relationship with someone that's not equally yoked. Mm-hmm. You know? And like... Because like, otherwise it can just cause so much... Yeah. ...unnecessary conflict. Mm-hmm. And then you end things and then you're like, oh, I'm not where I want to be in my walk with the Lord because I just spent all my time with this person who wasn't at the same spot and now I have to like reinvest and like rework towards that like you never want to lose your relationship with the lord giving it up to be with somebody you know what i mean like i don't know if that made sense but like like your relationship with the lord is the ultimate and then it's like he gives good things and like if his good thing is a partner for you that's wonderful but you don't want to give up what you have with him for the sake of that i always see that real where it's that chick and she's saying what's the greatest compliment you could ever receive and it's i see jesus in you Mm. That's it. Like, like, like you said. Yeah. Seeing if they love the Lord more than others than themselves. Like, as Christians, people should be able to see Christ in us. We are called to be the soul and the light of the world. They should be able to see Christ pouring out of us in mm-hmm. our lives. You know, things we do with social media. So I think, like I said, I think we could both agree that's the biggest green flag. Yeah. Know, yeah, I think so too. I think also like. Um, for guys, green flag is like pursuing the girl like Christ pursues the church. I think that's a big one too. As like, and also like for girls, like receiving that, like not giving yourself up for somebody who isn't willing to pursue you is a big one. Like you don't, you don't have to work for it. You know, like if it's from God, you, you don't have to work for it. You just receive it. So I think that's also a big one. Yeah. Because that goes back to what, the whole goal like whole marriage is like we look back at the old testament and it's literally just a reflection of marriages you know adam and eve jesus and the church and mm-hmm. before, when i realized that about how literally like hold on like wait wait wait, wait. jesus is the husband wife of the church oh, the bride yeah. man that makes so much sense and that literally is okay, i talked about this for a while but if people at the time Go research why Galilean wedding is, and then we have some look into the, the second coming of Christ, because that so clearly represents how Jesus is going to come back to his bride. Like it literally is the exact same thing as mm-hmm. where he's going to come and get his bride, and then he's made he's already made a house for them. Like oh, it's oh after this I'll send you the link because you'll need to okay. Watch it. so, <laughs> so yeah, but it's just so so prevalent about man. I need to, as a male, serve my wife like Jesus serves the church. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing that first, 
Like, if I'm not serving like Jesus would, I shouldn't even be looking mm-hmm. to get into that question. Mm-hmm. And even like going back to if you're not in the Bible, you don't know how Jesus serves the church. Exactly. So like that's why that's so important. Like if you want a godly relationship, you have to be godly people. Like I think first and foremost, and so that is like when you're looking for green flags, like do they have the fruits of the spirit? Like who cares if he's six five? That's irrelevant if he's not gonna love you well and serve you well, you know? So yeah. I think that's a big it's one. Both, it's both ways, eh? Like when we talk about serving, like it's the husband and wife, man and woman serving each one each one equally. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a tough balance to be able to find, but if it's two people that are people of God, it's not going to be hard because mm-hmm. they know that they're going to do everything to lay down their lives for the other person, serve yeah. the other person, and, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And I think if you start to <laughs> if you start to like get into a relationship with someone, and you have to not do that, man, you should be hitting the hills like running, like mm-hmm. you should be. If you ever feel like, man, like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, and it's even like being the person that you're looking for is looking for. Like you can't receive anything from the Lord if you're not who He's called you to be. And so it's like, yeah, I want a husband that is respectful. Okay, am I respectful? I want a husband that is humble. Am I humble? I want a husband that is gentle in spirit. Am I gentle in spirit? Like you have to be all of these things too. It's not a one sided thing. And I think, like especially as females, we spend so much time thinking about what we want our partner to be but it's like okay but who are you do you have yeah. these qualities like that's most important because you're not like if you want somebody that's like this great and has all these great qualities they're also looking for somebody that's great and has all of these great qualities yeah. so i think that's I love that idea. It's like run as fast as you can towards the lord mm-hmm. and if they keep up boom, yeah look to your left and your yeah. right and somebody's gonna be there <laughs> and that's the thing is like we can get so caught up in for example, if we're already talking to someone, like, you can be worrying about them. Mm-hmm. Or if you've, like, you're, maybe you're having a break for that person, you can be in that stage of waiting and just thinking about them all the time. But you need to focus on your relationship with God. You can't always be thinking about them. You need yeah. to be like, okay, sweet, I'm just going to pursue God as much as I can. And if this person is meant to be my wife, then they will keep up. And they yeah. will pursue God as well. And then we'll meet each other there at the end. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I can't be the one that is discipling you know, right. someone. Yeah. They have to be discipled by someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think if that's the whole thing about unequally yoked. And that's the fun of the things that I learned is that in a relationship, you shouldn't, before you're married, you shouldn't have to be the one that's building the other person up. That's a great thing to do, but that yeah. shouldn't come from someone you're dating. Yeah. Your, your partner in a relationship should not be the one that holds your faith together or mm-hmm. is making your faith stronger. Yes, they should make your faith stronger, but not in a discipling sort of way. They should be the one that's just encouraging, edifying, building it up. Yeah. But you need someone else outside of that relationship to be the one that is, like, doing the discipling. Mm-hmm. And, like, y'all can walk together but like the, like it's walking together. It's not like, oh, I'm dragging you along with me or like, oh, I'm going to run and you try to keep up. Like yeah. y'all are walking together. And I think that's really big too because yeah. I think people forget about that a lot. And it's, I don't know, I think, I don't know if this is like as common for you guys, but like girls like to be fixers, I've noticed. And so it's like you get in a relationship and you're like, okay, but I can fix it. Or like I can teach him this or he can learn this from me, which like, 
yeah, he can learn from you, but you shouldn't ever have to fix, you know, like that's not your doing, like that's, God can do that. You can't do that. That's not your role to play in somebody's life to fix them. You know, like God is the healer. He's a restorer. He can fix. We can't fix. Exactly. I think that's so true. Like sometimes, you know, I've heard, I've had friends tell me that, you know, sometimes in a relationship they've literally had to end it in Christian relationships and then be like, okay, there's still the things that I, I wanted to tell you, but we were pursuing each other in marriage, so I couldn't. But now after they ended it, sweet, they told each other these things and they're able to build each other up. That's fine. Like, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. But how great of it would have been if they were already at that point before they saw each other and maybe it could have worked out. You mm-hmm. know? Like, obviously, the Lord will was going to happen. He's going to make a way. So that happened for a reason. But yeah. it goes back to that point of like, we should already be there before we start. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so I think, I think that can like wrap up to like, go back to the whole point of like what we're talking about is this whole idea of marriage and how especially people are is just so pursuing it it's like man we just need to take a step back and just look at ourselves and be like okay am i like you said i want someone who's humble am i humble mm-hmm. like I, am i serving the god my lord my god as much as i can and if we're not okay maybe yeah then work on that. At the end of the day, you know, someone could just be called a celibacy. So. Right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> that is so true. And also it's like... I love... We didn't talk... I, I was about to bring that up about when you talk about some people are called to just like be single mm-hmm. and how much of a blessing it is. Like, man, like, it is such a blessing. Like, we have to like... We probably talk about this very bad. We have to take so much more awareness of if we are in the season of singleness to use it like to yeah. use it for what God is you know but like for me like I've been when I came back I went back and moved in with my dad and his family and for the first couple of weeks I wasn't really being a great servant around the house I wasn't helping out with dishes I wasn't doing all this stuff and I realized one night I was like far out God put me here mm-hmm. God put me in this house not to sit in my room and do Bible studies all day which is what I was doing great thing to do Bible studies yeah of course but he put me in this house to serve my dad and stepmom who aren't following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing sitting in my room doing Bible studies all day? I need to be serving them. So yeah. I've been trying to do a better job of that. And so I think every Christian can always be doing that to just reflect and be like, okay, where has God put me? Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. I know where he's put me, but why? Like, yeah. what is the why behind why am I here? And I guarantee he's probably put you in that position to make God known to someone else. Yeah. And I think also just, like, honoring where you are at. Like, you are where you are for a reason. Like, be it geographically or, like, in time. Like, you are where you are at and you have the things that you're supposed to have for a reason. And so that's been a big thing that people... I've literally had three people tell me this in the past month is be where your feet are. And, like, you are here for a reason. Like, you can't go to the past and change anything about the past. So, like, honor it for what it was. And then you can't do anything to control or manipulate the outcome of the future. So honor what is to come and then honor where you're at and be where your feet are and like do the most with what you can right now because you're not here on accident. Like there is such a reason for it and like there is purpose and intention behind what the Lord does. And so like we are a place where we are for a reason. And it's so hard to lose sight of that too, to be like, well, God, like I think I'm ready for this. Like you can go ahead and give it to me now. Like, no, like, give it to me when I'm ready. 
like when it is your will. And also, I think the closer that you walk with the Lord, the more that your desires become like his. And so yeah. that's big too, is like using your singleness to just walk with the Lord closer and want more of what he wants for you is so big. That's been really like prevalent in my life lately, I feel like. Yeah. I have such an amazing testimony about how God has done that, like his timing. So you obviously know the importance of Matthew 6, 3, like for me in my life. Like mm-hmm. that was the verse that got me to camp. Yeah. Like, and then that was the verse at camp. And so I remember when I was in the States, I, um, I think it was like sick last week. I was there. I bought, I saw on this Instagram ad for this hoodie that said seek the kingdom. Like, no way mm-hmm. I need to get that hoodie. Yeah. And so I bought two of them, one for me, one for someone else. Turns out it was an Instagram scam. <laughs> and came, right? Get pranked. And so I, I got so tired about that. And I was like, man. But what I realized is that through that, God was just saying, Cam, like, let the truth in heaven. Don't love the things of this world. And so I let it go. Anyway, last Tuesday night, right, I was driving home from my mom's house. And out of nowhere, I just had this urge to go watch the new Marvels movie like with Captain Marvel in it and I've been saying for the past two weeks for my friends I'm never paying to watch that movie I know it's gonna be bad I know it's gonna suck I can't, I, I can't be a mind to watch it yeah and that's why I was so confused on Tuesday I was like why am I getting this urge to go do it looking back clearly the Holy Spirit <laughs> clearly the Holy Spirit but anyway I was like okay I'll go watch it pull up to the cinema by myself and there's only one other person there and I look up at him, and I'm like, I felt like I recognized him. Turns out it was my old high school basketball teammate that I had seen in two years. And I knew that before high school, he was a Christian, but he walked away from his faith. Okay. And in the past, so we started catching up. In the past years, he'd become a Christian. And I'm like, praise God, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. But then as, after we caught up in the movie, the movie started. And during the movie, I was thinking, Lord, okay, you've brought me here, but why? Like, he's already a Christian. He's already saved. I, it's not many more words I can say to save him because obviously yeah. if we saved him, all we can do is encourage each other and build each other up. But I feel like I could have done that over the phone, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously there was a greater reason why he brought me there. But anyway, after the movie, we decided we're going to go get McDonald's, go catch up. And so he parked downstairs in the car park. I parked up. And so as I was walking my car, the whole time I was like, Lord, like, why? Like, why have you brought me here? Please just reveal this to me, to why you've brought me here to, to see this guy. And so I was driving down the road to turn left, because the Maccas are right around the other side of the mall. And at the corner of my eye, I see this brown hoodie with the word seek on it. And I'm like, no way, that can't be, that can't be, that can't be, can't be. So the guy bikes past me, I'm like, hey, bro, like, what does your hoodie say? And he bikes over to me. And he takes off and he turns around and it's the exact same hoodie, the exact same one that says seek the kingdom, the hoodie that I ordered that was yeah. scanned and obviously the Lord brought it to me eventually. And so he, I, I explained all this to him, I explained him the importance of it, I was just in awe and he, he takes off, he starts crying and he just tries to give it to me and I'm like, no bro, you can't <laughs> give this to me, like this is yours, like, and I said, and you have to keep this as a reminder of how important this verse is. Yeah. Turns out the guy had just moved here from another city. He had no money. He was on the dole. He was hustling, trying to get money from people. And so me and my mate, we took him to Mac to McDonald's, and we just were witnessing to him. And you know, we'd ask him like, "Hey, we were like, have you accepted Jesus? You want Savior?" He said he had, but I could clearly tell that he wasn't really walking with the Lord. And so I, um, I gave him um, my number and a piece of paper because his phone was broken, and. <laughs> I was like, sweet, hey bro, just text me tomorrow, 
well, I'll pick you up. We can go sort out your phone and because he really wanted to come to church. I'm like, yeah, you come to church. And so the next day, last Wednesday, I didn't hear from him. And Thursday, I didn't hear from him again. And Friday, I was out doing some outreach all day, so I kind of didn't really forget about it. I kind of forgot about it a little bit. I didn't hear from him. And this morning, because obviously it's Sunday here in New Zealand, this morning, I woke up, did a Bible study, and then I opened up my Snapchat. Um, and that thing that I was talking about before, I, I saw that photo, and I got a little bit discouraged. And then, guess what pops up? A Facebook request <laughs> from that guy. So he had searched my name onto Facebook, scrolled through every can Stewart. Oh my gosh. And he found me, and I got to pick him up, and he came to church today. And we've just started this relationship. And all because the Holy Spirit was like, hey, Cam, go watch that movie that you never said you would watch. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, sometimes in our life, we will say, like, I am never going to do that. No shot. Yeah. Far out. Go read James 4, where it says, therefore, do not boast about tomorrow. Don't say you'll do this in this city. Don't say you'll do that in this city. But say, if the Lord wills it. And yeah. that is how we should live our life as in marriage. I am dating. Lord, if, if it's your will for me to date this woman, if it's your will for it to happen, make a way. And we just have to give it over to God. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and cool that's actually that. such a cool story. Yeah, that's awesome. And even like, I mean, I could be so often saying this, but like being single, like you have the time to do that. Yeah. And like yeah. you have the means to do it. Whereas like, I'm not going to say like if you were dating somebody that wouldn't be able to happen because it very easily yeah. could. But it's like, Maybe if you had a girlfriend and you would be like, oh, well, I have to get back home to her tonight. So, like, I feel the urge to go see this movie, but, like, I don't really have time for it, whatever. But it's like, no, you do have the time and, like, you have the time to minister to this guy now and, like, to take him to church with you and, like, spend time pouring into him. And, like, I think a lot of that comes from, like, having the time and, like, the resources able to and, like, I don't know, being close enough with the Lord, too, where you can, like, hear the whispers of the Spirit and be like, okay, like, I am called to go do this right now. And that's why like, I'm so happy that God has just revealed to me, like, in my life that, yeah, can you're not ready to get married. You're not, yeah. like, enjoy your singleness and use it to glorify me. Yeah, maybe you might meet back up with your wife in a couple of years' time, and boom, you can start it then. Yeah. But honestly, I, in the past three months, like, two months, like, especially since coming back from summer, like, that desire has, it's obviously still there, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you actually are genuinely called a celibacy, every Christian has that desire to get married. Yeah. And so, that since I've been able to understand, like, wait on God more, and understand what's going on in the world, and looking at the things around me, I just want to go witness to people and make disciples mm-hmm. that's what i want because the lord has allowed me to get to that stage you know and yeah if there's a woman out there that's going to help me do that better sweet like then let's like pursue that I'll, I'll yeah sweet but if if you're going to be a distraction from me making disciples and like you know telling the world about his love and all that i'm sorry i can't be dating you and yeah. that's a tough thing that I think a lot of Christians may need to look at themselves and who are already in relationships and they might need to think, hold on, am I serving God better with them yeah. now than I was before? And if I'm not, you may have to end it. And yeah. that might 
not be such a bad thing. It might be a great thing, and it might lead lead you to go away and grow more in your faith, and then you can come back to that person in the future, and it's going to be great. But mm-hmm. I think it's something that all Christians need to do is just, like we said before, take that inward look at ourselves. Stop trying to look out at other people. Take that yeah. inward look. Yeah, and I think that goes back to like one of the very first things we said is like, okay, if we're looking to be in a relationship with somebody, what is the goal of that? Like, you're you're not doing it just for funsies. Like you like there has to be a purpose behind what we do, and it's like the purpose is to serve the Lord better and to build the kingdom up better and to reach yeah. other people better and like love His people better. And if you're not doing that, what's the point? Okay. So, I think that's big. And I mean, really, just being being the person that you're looking for is looking for like being who you can be and like honoring the timeline that the Lord has for you and honoring where you're at. Not just being like, okay, God, like I know you're going to give me something good when I'm ready, but being like, I have good things now and I'm going to honor that and like do what I can with what I have now and with where I'm at right now, I think is like such a game changer. Yeah. So true. So true. But I was looking at my watch and I'm like, far right. It's probably like, what time is it right now? It's like <laughs> 10. Yeah. Well, what time? What time's your church service tomorrow? Ten. It's at ten. We only have one service. Okay, all good. Dude, well, I think this is so good. I think so too. This has encouraged me so much. Yeah. Um, and I I do think I'll I'll be so keen to do this again. Yeah. At some point. It's. I think the pod's gonna be a lot better with an accent on it too. So, (laughs) honestly, we Uh, maybe we keep it coming back. Um, (laughs) All right, my thing is about what can I be praying for you for? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like just peace over every aspect of my life. I think that's something that I've had such a hard time with lately is just like feeling peace over anything, like especially peace over the future because that's, yeah. I have such a fear of the future, but also just like with where I'm at right now. And yeah. so I think that's a big one. What about you? What are we at? Um, I think definitely the things we talked about before we went live. Like mm-hmm. that stuff for both of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then just for me going like back to camp next year. Like I, I'm at a point where I've signed my contract and that's where I'm going. But like I said, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. So right. if something comes up before then, that's that God may be saying, "Hey, Cam, you might not be going to camp. Do this instead." I want to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to come back to camp. Like, yeah. I wanna come- <laughs> So bad and so that's what I'm going to do yeah. and if something else comes up still so do it but at this point I'm pretty sure God's called me back but just mm-hmm. you know discernment about that yeah, I would say, yeah. that's good okay good stuff but, then uh, look at what oh what Taylor just said how random of God just create these moments for a little camp in Arkansas I think yes yeah yeah so much. like praise literally God. middle of nowhere Arkansas <laughs> like how oh, crazy yep Okay, we'll end with that then. That's a good that's a Girl. good ending note. Okay then. I'm gonna upload this to the to Spotify everybody, so listen. <laughs> okay.